What I'm talking about is the wave of organizing across Starbucks stores in every corner of the United States. And we are very honored to be joined by one of these workers who is banding together with their colleagues to unionize, Veronica Gonzalez, who's a Starbucks employee at a store in L.A., I think Cypress and Figueroa, that did just recently unionize. Veronica, thank you so much for being with us here on the Freedom Side. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate having a platform to talk about all of this. I feel like, you know, um, it's not getting enough coverage. I feel like within platforms like these, you guys are probably hearing about it a little too much. I feel like on our side, we're not hearing about it enough. Well, I'll tell you, I can never hear too much about it because I'm deeply inspired by by what you all are, are doing and, and just store by store, winning, winning, winning. But, you know, talk about the conditions at your store and, and what really led you all to come together to to take this step to form a union. Yeah. So um, I, it really does link in with, you know, the struggles we're having day to day. Right. Um, I'm seeing our partners coming into work not being able to pay their bills. Um, what I personally feel was one of the biggest union busting tactic they dished out at us was um, a labor cut, national labor cut. They did it to all stores. So regardless of their like record breaking winnings throughout the pandemic, they still decided to cut all stores labor almost in half. So my store makes roughly $90,000 a week. It's the fastest store in the district it makes the most money in the district and yet all of our partners were cut from 30 hours to 20 Hmm. i feel like people don't understand a lot of people don't understand people work these jobs that look just like you they're of all age ranges you know all races all ethnic backgrounds like we're all at starbucks i don't think they understand how many of us are actually employed by by the siren you know um So, you know, seeing all these people that I work with day to day, basically, you know, take this cut and have to struggle with it and the way we struggle, you know, and try to get through it by picking up more hours, you know, trying to pick up shifts from others. Like when you're struggling for money, you don't really have any like leeway and it kind of led to the, you know, idea that why are we struggling? We make this company so much money. And um, specifically for me, my store is located within my community. I've lived in Cypress Park my whole life. And it's kind of just like I watched this company just take, take, take from the community and not pour back in. Right. Like Starbucks can say, oh, yeah, we donate all these travelers. But what about your workers? You're not you're not paying us a living wage. We're in California. We're in Los Angeles. Like 16 an hour, what does that get you? That's barely getting you your latte and panini when you go to Starbucks. So it's Mm. kind of ridiculous. Like you're building all this wealth and not pouring back into our cups at all. And we're struggling. I mean, hearing you guys talk about how people are struggling on $150,000 salary. People at Starbucks who are like really dedicated to the company have been there. There are people that have worked for Starbucks that have been there 20 years. You know, they're not making a hundred thousand. I can guarantee you that there are people that are staying in these roles because, you know, it's somewhere Starbucks used to paint itself as a company that wanted to keep you there. It had pensions and then it started becoming like, I feel like the mask came off. I don't think it was ever like something so grand 
um, such an amazing company. Obviously, something as big, a coffee chain wants money. But I feel like it, its mask really fell off throughout the pandemic. And it's just nasty. I feel like we're working at McDonald's. And fast food workers deserve more. I feel like that's one of the things that people don't understand. Like Starbucks is becoming no better than that. And they know that. And they're working towards pushing their workers out with these labor cuts. Because who's going to work at Starbucks when you only have 20 hours? Mm. The people that I work with daily, you know, my partners have kids. So we call them partners, right? They call us partners. They don't treat us as partners, but mm. <laughs> we're, we're considered partners. And it's just, you know, I'm watching them struggle. I don't think it's, I don't think it's crazy to say they're struggling. They picked up second jobs. Like, that's not okay. One job should be enough. And it's just upsetting to be in this state. It feels so, I mean, it feels very surreal, but I mean, it is the reality of it. Like, um, yeah, no, one job should be enough. That's not radical. Like, no. I get it, and some people want to demean the working, like, the food workers, working class, whatever you want to call it. Like, we're still people at the end of the day. We still have to survive. Like, we still have to eat, and you still have to pay rent. You still have to some find somewhere to live and pay that off, too. Like, I don't know why it's like, oh, you work at Starbucks. Like, this corporation makes billions of dollars. This store is making triple what they're paying us daily. And... You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I th- I think it's just all of these questions being posed and n- the answers not being good enough. I think that's what really motivated us to strive for change, right? It just sucks because one of the struggles we're having is, you know, we're working. We worked. We organized, right? We're not being heard. Mm. We're not being heard. And that's why you're seeing strikes all over. It's not because oh my God, like, this is all it is. They unionize, they strike. No, we have to. We're not being listened to. Howard Schultz is not coming to the bargaining table. And that's one of the biggest issues we're having right now, right? Unions are good when it comes to large corporate, in any environment, right? In order to, like, be heard as a collective. But it's not being shown through this. Stores are unionizing, still not being acknowledged by Howard Schultz. And then we're being forced to strike. And it's being turned into like this, like the workers against the company. And it's like, no, these workers don't want to strike. They just want to go to work and be like taken care of. I think that's just the reason why all these stores are, you know, motivated to organize you know, motivated to strike, just motivated in general. It's just sad. So you all were able to actually unionize, which is really great. What does that mean for you? Like, what can you do with that? Um, And also, can you talk a little bit about, because we've seen some Starbucks, uh, some, I guess, Starbucks chains around the country attempt to unionize and then all get fired. Uh, so obviously there's definitely a pushback to prevent unionizing. So also what were some of the challenges you faced while, while trying to accomplish that? Yeah. So one of the biggest things is labor cuts and um, labor cuts. So the union busting, they're sitting people down and they're having these conversations about how they're going to lose their benefits, which benefits entail health care, child care, um, their hours slashed 
And then, you know, in the extreme cases, although it's illegal, losing their job, right? So they really pumped through fear through all these stores. And um, I think, yeah, that's one of the biggest things that we face. Like, they really turned up the union busting tactics and I guess had their fingers crossed that we were like, you know, dumb enough to not question it. I don't, I don't think I'm being crazy by saying they think we're dumb. No, I, I, I think that is the case. I mean, it's certainly, you know, you just look at the statements that they're making in and of themselves, the threats that they're making towards people, as you put, you know, they're firing huge numbers of people. And I know now this has been a big story this week about all the forms of retaliation that are, that are out there. You know, I, I guess, you know, in some ways, one thing I'm curious about, Veronica, is, you know, through this experience, do you feel all of the pushback from Starbucks is demoralizing people or do you feel like it's energizing people? Because as much as I keep seeing all of this terrible stories of the, the, the attacks they're doing against workers, I do just keep seeing stories of this store is unionizing, that store is unionizing, just coming, you know, one after the other. So it seems like despite the fact that they're pushing back so hard, it isn't crushing the, the spirit of workers. Most definitely. And it's definitely energizing because it just goes to show, right, if they don't care, then who's going to care? I think, like, the turning point is now. Like, we've passed it, but I feel like everyone's just starting to, like, you know, really realize, wow. As I said, the mask's falling off, and now it's just like, okay, so this is what you think. And, you know, we know... I think one of the biggest things that I said, like, we have to create that value within ourselves. You're not showing it to us. You're obviously trying to pull us out. So us collecting and giving it our best isn't going to kill us. You've already put us through hell through the pandemic. This isn't anything. You know, like, they waged this war, and it's it shouldn't be a war. Like, just pay us right. Pay us right. Like, give us better working conditions. Like, I don't think people understand how stressful it is to work at Starbucks. Um, it's like, oh, it's just pouring coffee. No, drive throughs and, you know, with the uproar and, like, customization and drinks and the labor cuts, etc. I think the labor cuts is what makes it so stressful. And they have these things called customer connection scores, which um, they basically rate our store on. And then they cut labor base off of that. And it's kind of just like... Wow. They're setting us up for failure and then want to point to it and be like, well, this is why we're doing this. And it's like, no, you're setting us up to fail. And then it's just, oh, my God. It's ridiculous. Working at Starbucks is stressful, as many people would think. Oh, no, you're just pouring coffee. I wish it were just that. If it were just that, this movement wouldn't exist. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I, I I was going to say, no, I agree with you 100%. I mean, anytime I go into Starbucks early in the morning – I mean, it's it just seems insane. I mean, just the volume of things happening all at once is just unbelievable. The fact that you all make it all work. I mean, to me, that in some ways is the most deeply impressive thing. I'm sorry to cut you off there, Rania, but I mean, it really is, uh, you know, just just criminal to hear that they're laying off large numbers of people, knowing you know how how difficult it is. But sorry, Rania, go ahead. No, no, no. I was actually just agreeing with you. I'm just thinking of uh, the Starbucks around the area of Manhattan where you are, Eugene, Mm. and going there in the morning and actually being like really stunned because you're dealing with like 
the online orders. You're dealing with like an insane line of people uh, asking for, like you mentioned, these customized drinks. Like everybody has super specific things that they want. You've got like one or two people making the drinks. It's just there's a lot going on, and it's 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 actually kind of like you got to have some magic to make that work. Um, there's nothing. I never want. I've never once walked into a Starbucks and thought to myself, these people are just pouring coffee. That's for sure. You know, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, I would say a good amount of our customers, um, you know, we, we serve the people, we serve the community that we are located in. You know, we see all kinds of people and especially with the store that grows is that much, um, and is making 90,000 a week, you know, we see, we see all types of people and it's just very interesting. I feel like one of the biggest things with the company is like that we're demanding for is respect. You guys are acknowledging things that I wish a third of our customers acknowledged. We get yelled at by management. We get yelled at by, you know, as I said, like the scores, like, why do they look like this? And it's kind of just like, well, we're not staffed properly. Like we don't have enough. And people love to point out, you know, like there's a bunch of people there. Like at the end of the day for a store that busy, it's still not enough. Mm -hmm. It's still not enough because you are dealing with mobile orders. So cafes have that stream of income, which is you walking in and then they have mobile orders, right? So that's technically two stores in one. And then if you're walking into a drive-thru, they have mobile orders, a cafe, and a drive-thru. So that's three. And then that's not taking into um, consideration Uber Eats. Mm. So they're making, like, a bunch of money off of these things. So I guess a cafe has three streams of income. They have Uber Eats, they have the mobile orders, and then they have the cafe. And then you have a drive-thru, which has, like, if it has a cafe you're, or walk-up, some of them are walk-up now. Um, you're going to walk up. So you have the cafe, you have the drive through you have the Uber Eats, and then you have the mobiles. It's a lot of things going on, as you said, and it's just like they're not staffing us properly when it comes to complaints. Like we get the brunt of it, right? So we're there, we're serving the people, we're making the drinks, and we get the brunt of it. Like I wish it were all like a cakewalk and everyone was super nice, but we're not. I feel like that's one of the biggest things like across everywhere i haven't had my coffee we deal with that that's not an issue but like on the company side like you can't be upset when you're not staffing us and then we're getting customers who you know just want to get in and out and they can't get in and out because we're not staffed you know it's kind Mm -hmm. of as i said set up for failure yeah, no, I, I think that's a very good point. Well, before we let you go, let me just ask you this. I, I think amongst the many people who are seeing it and are inspired, you know, what can people do to support these efforts uh, to, to unionize Starbucks uh, nationwide? I think the biggest thing is having conversations. So based on your audience, there is no way someone listening doesn't know someone that works at Starbucks mm. or frequents a Starbucks, you know, everyone, and there's no issue, right? We have a contract. It's well, yeah, the pledge to take the pledge. It's the no contract, no coffee. And it's basically, we're trying to get um, people to sign just so um, the pledge is just so uh, you don't have to stop buying Starbucks. We know you're going to buy Starbucks and buying Starbucks <laughs> is what earns us our labor. At the end of the day, if there's no people, there's no job. So we, sadly understand that and um so it's just taking the pledge you know if and when the time comes um you know just to like we're having um sip-ins to show support which i personally think if it's at a drive-thru don't do (laughs) but um 
I think <laughs> one of the things you can do is have spark those conversations. Sorry, I had someone um, spark those conversations with the people you do know. Right. Just because you don't know a store is um, where a store is. Right. So, like, let's say you walk in and there's a manager and they pick that up. Yeah, there's a bunch of union busting going on in the store already, but we don't want them feeling like it's already happening in a store that it's not happening in. And then, you know, you set off an alarm that shouldn't have been set off. So I would suggest considering you have such a big audience, you know, just having those people talk to the people that they know that work at Starbucks. Maybe they're regulars. Start talking to their regular baristas. I mean, as I said, customer connection is a thing. So your baristas, if you frequent a Starbucks, there is a barista that knows you. So that's a hundred percent true. That's a hundred percent true. Uh, no, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate everything you guys are doing in LA and around the country. Veronica is really an honor, honor to have you here on the show. Veronica Gonzalez, Starbucks worker organizing with the broad nationwide campaign in United Starbucks. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time here on the freedom side. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.